We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You are listening to KC Sports Network, the number one podcast network for today's Kansas City sports fans. With former players from your favorite teams, informed perspectives, and former insiders, this is the place for you. KC Sports Network is proudly presented by Emprise Bank, your partner in Possible. What's up, Chiefs Kingdom? We're going to start something a little different here on KCSN Update. Starting today, at the start of every show, every day, I'm going to give you a little Chiefs factoid that you might not already know. Uh, you do know that the Chiefs faced Derrick Henry on Sunday night. He is the entire Titans offense, if we're being honest. In seven games, they have one touchdown by a wide receiver. Uh, not anything Chiefs fans can laugh about. We won an entire season back in 2014 without a wide receiver having a touchdown. But it is worth note. Uh, and Derrick Henry does lead the league in not only rushing yards, but also leads the league in carries with 166. He has four straight 100-yard games. We know he's a beast, six foot three, 247 pounds, and his 4.5 yards per carry average is ninth best in the league. But at this pace right now, Henry will finish with more than 400 carries on the season, which would be the most he's had in his career. And his career high right now is 378, still carrying the ball more than most people do. Saquon Barkley's carried a lot this year. But the interesting thing about Henry is that even if he has more than finishing on the current pace that he is that will finish for about 403 carries, he won't reach the NFL record for most carries in a season, which is held by former Chiefs running back Larry Johnson, who had 416 carries back in 2006. 416. It's an average of 26 carries per game back when they are playing just 16 regular season games. So a uh, little Chiefs factoid there for you for Larry Johnson back in 06. Uh, not just setting the Chiefs record, but the NFL record for most carries by a running back in a season with 416. This is KCSN Update, your daily Chiefs podcast and video from us here at KC Sports Network. I'm BJ Kissel, founder of KC Sports Network and former Chiefs insider and sideline reporter. It's Tuesday, which means we're going to be joined by The Athletic's Nate Taylor, who will answer our five burning questions heading into Sunday night's matchup with the Tennessee Titans. But before we bring on Nate, Here's a quick word from our friends over at DraftKings. You can play, make every play feel as exciting as a Patrick Mahomes deep ball with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, and their unbeatable offers. Right now, new customers can make any $5 NFL bet and get $200 in free bets if your team wins. And check this out. In addition to the usual bets, everyone can boost their winnings with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. 
Check the line again today at DraftKings. Chiefs are now 12 and a half point favorites on Sunday night with an over under of 46. That changed a little bit. Yesterday on Monday, that line was 11. So there's a lot of money going on the Chiefs right now. But to make things even sweeter, you can throw down on these stepped up same game parlays once per game day all season long. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code KCSN to get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Just place a $5 bet on any football game. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook using code KCSN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. All right, and now let's welcome on Nate Taylor from The Athletic. You can find him on Twitter at by Nate Taylor, and you can obviously find his work on The Athletic or in his podcast, Times Ours with Josh Briscoe and Seth Kaiser. Nate, before we get into the football stuff and our five burning questions, uh, how was your Halloween, my guy? Oh, it was uh, it was excellent, BJ. Um, my son is seven, Hayden. Uh, we We did something new this year. We let him have two costumes, basically. So during the school day uh, where they have the costume parade uh, at the elementary school, uh, he was Spider-Man. Um, and so he's, he's really into Spider-Man, Miles Morales, that whole uh, story arc of, of the superhero. And then um, because his buddy, uh, who's one of his best friends, uh, is a big 49ers fan, he had the 49ers sort of, uh, I guess, miniature, you know, uniform, helmet, you know, pads and all that. Um, and so he was like, can I have a Chiefs one? And so, of course, <laughs> me and Holly, my wife, had to quickly go on Amazon uh, and, and order him that. So he was he was Travis Kelsey yesterday oh, uh, nice. for the trick-or-treating part of it. So Spider-Man at school, uh, Travis Kelsey on Halloween night. And then, you know, for my wife's benefit, every year we come back, we order pizza, and then we watch Hocus Pocus, which is her favorite mm-hmm. Halloween movie. The new one? Did you have you seen the new one? Because yeah, the new so one we, out. My so wife loves have, that movie too. Yeah, so we have seen the new one. I think Holly lost interest twenty five minutes in. Like Ooh, it was, tough. it was like cool to see everybody. Um, yeah, but it did, it didn't it didn't hit the same. It didn't it didn't mm. give the like. I think what they tried to do was interesting. Well executed yeah. is a whole other you know so right, don't give we, it away don't give it do, away to our we, listeners this is the target market for hocus pocus too yes <laughs> yes listening to this podcast I mean, for sure look they already got us disney plus so like we were gonna watch <laughs> this regardless uh yeah but yeah it was it was i think the first 20 minutes were like this was a cool idea but do <laughs> i do i need this and am i enjoying it the way i did you know younger growing up um and yeah. so that's that's sort of the struggle but hey you know, last night it was like going back in time into those uh, mm-hmm. late '80s, early '90s, and uh, you know, Beth Midland, man, she was on a heater back in back in that <laughs> back in that original movie, man. Just incredible acting. Well, I'll tell you, we were talking before we were recording that uh, we met up with some friends uh, to go trick or treating, and the friends invited friends, and then it became like a whole class. I'm pretty sure it was half the elementary school uh, that our kids go to. <laughs> And at one point, uh, a few of the dads and I were trying to figure out how many people were in our group. And he guessed 120. I thought it was closer to like 175. And so like 175 people walking down the subdivision. Like it was it just it was it was silly. It was insane. Any other, any other day in the calendar, something has gone horribly wrong. 
<laughs> yes. And I'll say my, my son asked about multiple uh, Halloween costumes too. Uh, but oh, his nice. was, yeah. he wanted to go to a house, come back, change, and then go up to the same house in a different costume. So he'd get three times as much candy. And I was like, you know what? I'm kind of proud because you're like next level thinking move. like you're, yeah, you're thinking through move. stuff, but yeah, uh, but, but no, we're not doing that. Um, I, I envy the people who live in like the long cul-de-sacs that all get together at the end, that the house on the right. corner and, and they line group. up like six yeah, or seven gathering. buckets. And they're like, listen, one stop, you get all your candy. You don't have to come down and we're just going to hang out here. Yeah. Uh, those people have got it figured out. I, I yeah. envy those people. Yeah. And, and the weather was excellent last, last oh, night beautiful. compared to, yeah. a, to a year ago. I think it was, it was actually pretty cold. Yeah. Um, this, this Halloween was really cool. It was nice to see, um everybody out and about um but yeah like like hayden was about halfway through trick-or-treat he sort of figured out that like what if i asked like can i have two and <laughs> most people said sure and it's like i mean the amount the guys we just doubled every amount <laughs> moving forward which actually yeah. helped us as parents because we're like oh well like hey your bucket's full that's that's the way <laughs> this done. works got it at home we're, we're done you know we get to go home and and have pizza yeah, I start looking in the bucket and be like, maybe we could hit a few more houses. There's not a lot of stuff in there I can steal once you guys fall asleep. Like, <laughs> let's go, let's hit a few more houses. So anyway, I hope everybody out there listening had a great uh, and safe Halloween. Uh, yes. But yeah, the weather was absolutely beautiful. I wish it was a little bit, slightly bit colder because my son may have kept his mask and some of his costume on it because by the end of it, he was just like Carter running around <laughs> like he was <laughs> a werewolf, didn't have his stuff on. But anyway, let's get into the five burning questions as we... Get ready for the Chiefs game on Sunday night against the Tennessee Titans coming off that bye week. Now, at the time of recording, <laughs> be very careful about how we talk about this because the trade deadlines, some stuff could still go down. We've got a few hours left. But at the time of recording, the Chiefs only made the mood with Kadarius Tony. We'll get to him mm -hmm. in just a minute. But if the Chiefs don't do anything more, do you feel like they needed to do more? And if you're in this window, you could also kind of prognosticate like, Hey, they're, I think they should do such and such. And then when it happens, you'd be like, see, I told you so. Yeah. So look, the odds are against probably the chiefs making a move before the three o'clock PM deadline on Tuesday, November 1st, there's a chance. There's still a chance. You know, I've seen the reports about Josh Allen, mm -hmm. uh, not the quarterback of the Buffalo bills, the, the pass rushing sort of <laughs> edge man, uh, for the Jacksonville Jaguars, who, by the way, have, I believe they've lost, what, five straight? Is that right, BJ? Um, Something like that. It, they were a team that, at the beginning of the year, is like, I didn't think they were going to be very good, and they started off, won a few games, like, mm -hmm. okay, Doug's got it. Like, yeah. Lawrence playing well, like, let's go. Yeah. And then, yeah, then it's turned into, like, oh, it's the Jags <laughs> again. Right, like, oh, yeah. Oh. And he's, he's coming up on basically the end of his rookie contract, so you'll have to figure something yep. out. If you want to make that move, same with like Bradley Chubb. By the way, Bradley, Bradley Chubb is not being traded to the Chiefs. He's not being traded in the division. He's probably the most notable pass rusher who I think has the likelihood of being traded the most, BJ. Um, yeah. You know, we talked about Brian Burns in the past. He's going to stay with Carolina because they are actually in a legitimate division race. Who who knew? Uh, yeah. I want to ask you about the NFC reports South. out there. Yeah, because the reports out there that the Rams had offered two first-round picks for Brian Burns and turned it down. Now they don't have a pick in 2023. So they're talking 2024 Correct. and 2025. Five. Yes. I don't know if I believe that or <laughs> like, Hey, it was a conversation, I, BJ. It was a conversation. What about, what about this? 
didn't mean I offered it. I just said, what about it? Well, what, 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 <laughs> what about <laughs> this? Yeah. What about well, the same thing. This? Same thing with the Josh Allen report. I saw the report from Albert Breer who said that the Chiefs called, the conversation didn't last long. Like, it didn't go mm-hmm. anywhere. But you never know. Like, if they you really never know. come up. Right. Like, it was right. probably Veach calling, like, hey, I'll give you a fifth. And they're like, we'll take two firsts. And he's like, well, see you later. And then they're like, yeah. hey, they called about Josh Allen. He's like, maybe it'll get closer. Like, nah, that's pretty far off. Uh, now, obviously, don't know what the, the terms are. But uh, when they say in the same report, like, conversation didn't last long, like, they called to see what it would take, and it's more than they're probably willing to give. Right. And, and you know, I think – I don't know if I've said it here, BJ, or maybe I should have if I didn't, you know, earlier. But, um, you know, the last few weeks, it was pretty clear that, like, that compensatory third-round pick was probably their highest pick available for Trey. Maybe you could sneak that original third-round pick, you know, because that's actually within the, you know, construction of, like, 1 through 32 of the third round. Yeah. Um, maybe you could have gotten that one, but I was always told that like, Hey, we have that compensatory pick, which is basically what we received from Ryan Poles becoming the general manager of the Chicago bears as a minority executive in the league. Mm-hmm. Um, they use that for Kadarius Tony. Uh, you know, I'm sure they could call Jacksonville and say, Hey, how about a third and like <laughs> next year's fourth and the Jacksonville Jaguars are like, yeah, like that's, that's not enough. But of course, yeah, the conversation that could be happening today, and it might not be the Chiefs, it may be another team when it comes to Josh Allen, is, hey, are you going to sign him to an extension? If you're waffling or wavering on that standpoint, then you could lose him in free agency for basically, you know, nothing in your hand. Whereas a mid-round draft pick might be something uh, that you could take with you, even though he won't be on the roster moving forward for the rest of this year. And obviously you won't have a chance to really re-sign him you know, most likely yeah. free agency. So there's that sort of, you know, bit of leverage that other teams have, like the Chiefs. Um, but I think once they made the move for Tony, which is obviously about this year, 2024 and 2025, because he has multiple years left of his rookie contract, I think yeah. that sort of signified that that was probably their what they felt at the time last Thursday. This is probably the best move we can have for both the short-term and more of the long-term future. Uh, with him getting some chemistry, getting some rapport with Patrick Mahomes for the next future seasons. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Like I, I always, if they were going to make a move, I expected to be, and I know Robert Quinn already got traded, but a, a Robert mm-hmm. Quinn type, an older veteran player, you give up a late round pick, you don't necessarily have to extend that player uh, and give him you know, a huge contract, which is kind of the right. case when you trade for a 25-year-old pass rusher and you give up, yep. whether it's Brian Burns or Josh Allen, whoever it is, um, you know, you I made the point with Brian Burns, and I think we talked about this, is that it's really hard to give up picks plus money. And when mm-hmm. you're – because of the amount of resource, you only have so many ways that you can add players, and that's that's a lot of investment into a player, especially midseason for a player that you haven't been around and you don't know. I'll say it's right. a little bit different with Josh Allen just because Joe Cullen, who's now one of the Chiefs defensive coaches, was yep. in Jacksonville with Josh Allen. So he could go to Coach Reed and be like, this is a guy that you will build around that we can pay. And you have a little mm-hmm. bit more information or a lot more information um, than you would necessarily on a player like Brian Burns. I don't know if we have a coach who's been there. If there's some connection, the world becomes very small. Uh, I don't believe that. so. But yeah. you know what I mean? Like, you know this as well right. as anybody. We've talked about this. Um, but would I be completely surprised to see him make a big move like that? No, because nothing's going to surprise me uh, with Brett Veach. But <laughs> it just the combination of picks plus money, there's a lot more research and a lot more thought that has to be put into that than I think that it's something that they would do in the middle of the season. Uh, but right. I'm, 
if you we'll move on to number two, unless you've got any yeah. more thoughts on pass rushers. So nope. Kade, Kadarius, Tony, you brought him up a second ago. The one move the chiefs did make giving up that comp third pick, which uh, I put this out on social media that that comp third pick is going to be somewhere around 98 to like one Oh four, one Oh five. This is not like, you know, a 70th pick when you hear third rounder. Correct. Um, correct. It is a late, uh, I've made the point that it can be considered a fourth rounder because again, it's after the end of the regular third round when they yep. put all those comp picks. So like three plus three, a, uh, whatever you want to look at it. Uh, <laughs> if you don't want to see it as a fourth round pick, but chiefs give up the two picks for Kadarius, Tony. And my question for you, Nate is over under on scrimmage yards for Kadarius Tony for the right, the final 10 games of the chiefs regular season. The over under is set at 300 yards. We say over on, I, I changed this line several times. Uh, right. Now I put it, I'm not gonna tell you what I changed it from, but I put it at 300. What are you thinking? I think you've, you've, you've set a, a fair line. One that is certainly, you know, has me contemplating either outcome. Now here's the thing. Andy Reid said on Monday, that Tony is fully healthy. Um, mm-hmm. You know, he had some hamstring issues earlier in the year when he was with the Giants. Um, it was pretty evident based on Amy Reed's comments, based on Kadarius Tony's own like, comments Kedarius on Tony Twitter. Kadarius Tony is totally, he was, he was fully healthy. We heard it right from him. <laughs> based, based on both guys, Tony and Reed, it appears that this man didn't want to play for the New York Giants, even though the New York Giants were and are one of the biggest surprises of the season of, yep. you know, um, now he's gone through multiple coaching staffs, um, but obviously I think Tony understands that you know catching the football, you know, from Daniel Jones is a little bit different than catching the football for Patrick Mahomes. So there's a legitimate chance if an injury occurs to somebody else on the roster that maybe, just maybe, with what 10, 10 games left yep. in the season for that, you could get to that three hundred yard mark. That's not an answer, Nate. I hate, to be, I hate to be this guy, BJ. You know I hate no, to be no. no, 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 no. I but, might hold you to that, this one. But I think unless you're going to push. I think the fair play is is to is to do an under. It's to just Okay. I, I've seen it too often. You know, this is where hopefully my expertise can sort of come through with the answer. But look, I, I've seen it with Josh Gordon, who is obviously much older in his career than Tony. Um, I've seen it with guys that have come to the team in the middle of the season. It's really hard for Andy Reid to already have, you know, the offense on a on a train track, right? To already have everything sort of mapped out. Things we'll do in through, you know, week three. We're gonna do that differently on week seven because it's built off of what we did in week three. And, and obviously, he has game plans sort of specifically tied to divisional opponents because that's who you play every year. So he has a whole sort of array of things to pull from. Um, they go through so many installs in training camp that to bring a guy in and to just say, you're going to do this, that's not how it works. Like, you need mm-hmm. to know essentially the whole offense so that the team can say it's multiple in terms of personnel, which obviously puts that much stress on the defense. Tony is obviously talented. I think he'll have a highlight or two over these next 10 weeks mm-hmm. if he stays healthy. That's the other side of this is, like, I, I want to be – I want to be fair to the young man. Like, if you're fully healthy, okay, let's see consistency and durability for 10 weeks. So I'm going to remove that from the equation. But obviously that's been his biggest hurdle so far. It's just staying on the field week after week after week. But even with that, 
Travis Kelsey, Juju Smith-Schuster is obviously in a really nice rhythm with Patrick Mahomes. Marquez is still going to be your deep threat alongside McCole Hardman. And at some point, they got to get a little bit more comfort with Sky Moore, at least have some reps with him where he can obviously function at a higher level where, you know, we clearly see what has happened on special teams. I've already reported this, BJ, that they're going to give Kadarius Toney a shot at at punt returner um, Mm -hmm. to sort of ease the burden of Sky Moore to make, you know, to sort of simplify things for that rookie. Um, So if he does well there, then maybe he can get a bigger role in the offense. But it's – I – it's too hard to go from one offense to the next unless you are like Hall of Fame talented to, to just come in and say, I'm going to get 300 yards in a 10 week right. stretch when I've never caught the ball from the quarterback. I mean, Wednesday, tomorrow, you get, you get the, the ball handed off to him by the quarterback, too. True. Or, or pop passes for, for, for 300 yep. yards. Um, I just, <laughs> I just want to, I just want to say, I feel like that was sarcastic because those come on the goal line. I think, but like, and the reason but, the line was set, real quick, the reason yeah. the line was set there is because there could be a handful of game. I say like handful, like maybe two games mm-hmm. in which he busts, he gets open because everybody's focused on everybody else and he breaks mm-hmm. one off. And Allison has a couple of 60, 70 yard plays. That's not out of the question because if he's healthy, right. he could absolutely do that. And so I don't mm-hmm. think it's going to be, he's going to get 30 yards a game. I think it's going to be however many handful of maybe there's three or four games that he has like two or three big plays because he's going to be open. Mm. <laughs> he's, he is going to, if he goes in the right spot, um, there's going to be a big play here or there. Yeah. I, so. I will give what I will give one more con and then I'll give a lot of pros. If you want to be, you know, the, the, <laughs> yes. the let's the spend 25 who, minutes on to... this one question. No, 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 not 25, but like the, the con is he, one of the cons is the first time he'll catch a ball from Patrick Mahomes will be tomorrow. will be Wednesday in a yeah. practice setting. So it's going to take some time y'all. Um, the pros is to your point, he will be open. He'll might have some one-on-ones. Andy Reid might scheme up certain routes for him in certain down and distance situations. Um, yes. An injury might occur. Yes. He might be super duper athletic, which is what he was in college, which is why he intrigued the chiefs even in the draft process. And lastly, if Patrick Mahomes uses his legs, all you got to do is find open space, man. So the more scramble plays with Kadarius Tony on the field, perhaps yards are created from that vantage point versus the actual structure of what the play call is. All right. You're trying to keep everybody down. And I was, my original line was 350. So I came down to 300. And I'm curious, I won't ask you now, but I am curious offline or let us know in the comment section uh everybody what you think his final line is going to be or what line i could have told you that you would have gone over if it was 200 uh how would you have felt about that or 150 i may have i may have felt a little it felt a little okay so we're talking so we're here between two and 300 so we're not too far off but yeah um, everybody again we appreciate you please hit that like and subscribe button if you're watching on youtube and if you're listening to the podcast audio on your favorite podcast platform go ahead and hit that follow button hit that subscribe button and if you're really feeling into it uh please go ahead and leave us a, a five-star review um all about nate here so we appreciate that support and again let us know in the comment section what you think uh Kadarius tony's final line will be for this regular season but nate before we get to question number three we're going to take a quick break right now to hear from some of our sponsors that make kcsn possible 
Hey, sorry to interrupt, but I need to tell you about one of today's sponsors, and that is Liquid Death. Listen, you might be in a meeting, and you might be walking through High V Target and start to notice some strange tall boys of beer in the bottled water section of your local stores. No need to get anybody. It's not beer. It's actually mountain spring water from the Alps, and it's called Liquid death now why is this water called liquid death well it'll brutally murder your thirst that is right not only are they trying to brutally murder your thirst they're trying to brutally murder plastic pollution as well with their infinitely recyclable tall boy cans they're bringing death to plastic pollution and they also donate 10 percent of their profits from every can sold to kill plastic pollution great cause that's a win-win for me Look at this. I mean, just look at this can right here. I've got one right with me. The Severed Lime. One of my favorite flavors that they have. Oh, it's so good. Can't wait to dive into this one. You can find a Liquid Death at your local Target, Walmart, or 7-Eleven. Or go to a Liquid Death retailer near you. Find one with their store locator tool at liquiddeath.com. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right. Welcome back. And now, Nate, what I want uh, for our third burning question, what I want to know from you is which Chiefs player right now, I'm trying to figure the nicest way to say this because I don't think they've been playing. <laughs> it's not a negative thing like they haven't been playing well. But who needs mm-hmm. to pick it up a little bit? Who ne- You need to be playing your best football. We all know this down the stretch. Who needs to play better than what we've mm. seen or need more out of uh, what we've seen from them through the first seven regular season games as we approach the final 10 and then head in, hopefully, to the playoffs? Yes. Ding, ding, ding. What do we need to see more out of someone? And this is sort of a caveat for me um, because, yes, by and large, the team has played well. Our two expectations so far outside of like a couple like terrible we'll never see again plays in Indianapolis. Um, but by the way, there's an AFC South opponent. <laughs> Do the Chiefs only play their worst like games against AFC South teams? Because it kind of feels that way if you're not yeah. named the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, they only play well against the number one defenses in the league. <laughs> if you're if you're a top defense, they'll come out and play well. Fair. Totally, totally fair and accurate. Um, anyway, who needs to pick it up? I think it's probably, if you're trying to get to the Super Bowl, if you're really trying to um, reach the pinnacle of the sport, you need Trick McDuffie to be a first-round pick, coming off of injury, being not necessarily a shutdown corner, but just elevating the defense just that little bit more, right? Um, you're getting, obviously, Willie Gay back. You know, he played 
I thought fairly well uh, in a sort of a limited role coming off of a suspension. Um, Chris Jones has been one of the best pass rushers, probably the best interior pass rusher in the league so far. So now you just need help on the back end, right? Juan Thornhill and Justin Reed have been fine, um, very competent. Uh, but if you have a real corner who can play man and zone, which is what Trent McDuffie was billed as, and what he showed in that first half against the Arizona Cardinals on opening day, man, if you could just put that in and, and guarantee that for 10 weeks, like you said, and obviously a postseason run, then you have a chance of being um, a legitimate defense to go against the Buffalo Bills. And that is what's going to be really fascinating all season long. I think the Bills can score 30 points on just about anybody. But, you know, Joshua Williams got the experience in that game and has obviously played, you know, pretty well for a fourth-round pick. Jalen Watson has been a revelation as a seventh-round pick. Um, we'll see what happens with Rashad Fitton. He's coming off a hamstring injury, too. So he has a veteran presence. Um, but you're going to need as many cornerbacks as possible. And Trent McDuffie was the first guy they took in the draft. And they yeah. have got one good half from him. Um, and that's not his fault necessarily because, like, guys get injured. And we all know the turf in Arizona impacted, you know, Harrison Bucker's season so far as well. Um, but, man, if, if you can guarantee me 10 weeks of Trent McDuffie playing similar to what he was in Arizona or perhaps getting better as the season goes along, um, that will help this defense out tremendously. Nice. That's that's a good pick. I thought I was going to stay in this defensive backfield. Who I thought you were going to pick is who I'm thinking. And and I want to I want to clarify this because he is one of my guys. I, I this is a great dude. Uh, he's playing well. I don't think he's playing poorly. He's going into a contract year, but it's Juan Thornhill. Mm. I want to see more from. I want to see more game changing plays uh, from Juan. Hopefully, he gets fired up. And shout out, congratulations to Juan and Reggie yes. for getting mm-hmm. engaged during the bye week. Same thing, Andrew yes. Wiley. And then McCole Hardman announces that yeah, uh, he hey. and his better half are expecting. So yes. a lot of news off the field uh, for the Chiefs during the <laughs> bye week. It seemed like I didn't know if they coordinated that, like the posting and when they were going to do that stuff. But I was going through Instagram. It's, and it was it's nice like, to have a congratulations, break. Congratulations. Congratulations. Yeah. Um, it's nice to have awesome. a break in life. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, exactly. No, they are human and they are human yes. beings. Uh, that, yeah. uh, get married and get engaged and all those things and have babies. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, no, I think I don't think Juan's played poorly, but. If they're going mm-hmm. to make a run, they're going to beat teams like the Buffalo Bills and uh, beat good teams down the stretch and, and make a run at this thing. You need game-changing plays by defensive backs in today's NFL. And you're talking about Trent yep. McDuffie. I'm saying Thornhill, it's a contract year. I want Juan to go out there and play well. You've been around yep. him. You know why. We're all rooting yep. for him in that way. Um, but I want to see a little bit more of those game-changing highlight, like, holy cow, mm-hmm. did you remember that play that Juan made? Um, I think that would be huge for this defense, and I think it's the one thing that – um, as you get Willie Gay back after his four-game suspension, Nick Bolton's doing what Nick Bolton is doing. Karloftis, mm-hmm. those guys are starting to get more experience. We're seeing Frank yep. with a little bit more juice. All of it's coming together, getting McDuffie back, Fenton back from injury, all of that. Just get a safety to make uh, some more game-changing plays. Same thing for Justin Reed. Uh, it could be Justin yep. Reed as well, but mm-hmm. uh, Juan, just because contract year, want to see him get paid. Uh, mm. He's make some of those game changing plays. All right, let's move on to number four and then we'll get into the specific matchup between the chiefs and Titans. Um, we probably won't know till the end of the week, but I'm going to ask anyway, if you had a gut reaction right now, who is going to be the starting quarterback for the Titans on Sunday night? Is it going to be Ryan Tannehill who missed the last game? I believe with an illness um, they're non-committal now Malik Willis, their rookie that they drafted last year, got the start, um, didn't have to do much because Derrick Henry just ran all over the Texans again. Right. But if it, your gut reaction right now, who is going to be under center uh, or in shotgun 
uh, for the Titans. <laughs> God, you never know now. Uh, for the Titans on Sunday night, Malik Willis or Ryan Tannehill? It, it needs to be Ryan Tannehill, BJ. Um, you know, if you're legitimately trying to beat the Chiefs, you, you, you need Ryan Tannehill, uh, who has done it in the past. Um, if you are trying to develop your rookie quarterback for future seasons and speed up that development, no better chance than prime time in Arrowhead. Like that just sounds horrid for a rookie quarterback who didn't look comfortable in the first half against the Houston Texans. Like I watched that game. That's, you know, the benefit of having the bye week to watch the entire landscape of the league. Um, And you're like, all right, you know, let's wait for three o'clock. Let's sort of see like they're supposed to win even with a rookie quarterback because the Houston Texans are, you know, one of the worst teams in the league. And, it was pretty clear in the second quarter, BJ, that they were like, you know what, Derek? Game's <laughs> on your shoulders. The game yeah. is on your shoulders. Like, uh, we don't want to get into many third and longs, which I think the Chiefs will feast if they get those opportunities with Willis in a primetime setting, in a raucous arrowhead. Like, there's nothing that can prepare this young man for such an environment. Ryan yeah. Tannehill has played in arrowhead, obviously, in the AFC Championship game. Um, he's more experienced. I understand that, like, the Titans are leading their division. They're going to have to, like, really muck up this game and be really physical on the defensive end. But on offense, they have to have some ability to be balanced. And when you put a rookie quarterback, I mean, I I just know what Steve Spagnuolo will do. He will just say it'll be a very similar game plan, perhaps a little different, than what they did to the Green Bay Packers last year, um, you know, in the first true start for Jordan Love, which is, mm-hmm. hey, we're bringing a lot of seven and eight man blitzes, and we're going to see if you can protect yep. it right, if you can adjust at the line of scrimmage, and you know these blitzes might be more run heavy because obviously Derrick Henry is the most important player on the field, but we're going to give you a lot of one on one matchups to see if you can find it correctly and then make accurate throws under pressure. Um, so if you want to make the job harder for Steve Spagnuolo just in general, you need to have Ryan Tannehill, you know, hopefully get healthy from that one week off and then be, you know, under center or in shotgun for the Tennessee Titans. If they want to have a true chance of winning this game. Now, if they want to save Ryan Tannehill for the rest of the season, and obviously that helps you develop Willis, then that, then that's fine. You won't win on Sunday, but I can see the larger goal of, Hey, we did take a third round pick on this guy and, you know, there's no better way to, kind of really evaluate him than under these circumstances um, in this setting against, you know, one of the best teams in the conference. Yeah. It I'm interested to see what the game plan is going to be going up against. And I, I, I agree with you. I expect it to be Ryan Tannehill. Um, I don't expect Mike Vrabel to tell us that uh, throughout the week. So there's going to be some <laughs> indecision out there. They're not going to tell us because uh, there's no benefit uh, to Vrabel mm-hmm. telling us that Ryan Tannehill is going to be the guy. I'd be surprised, I guess, if he did. Uh, but Either way, you know that the and I said it right off the top of the show, talking about the you know most carries in a season, the NFL record set by Larry Johnson with 416 back in uh, 2006. But this the Titans' offense is Derrick Henry. Uh, we all know yeah. this. Uh, 6'3", 247, uh, 
I've seen that dude up close. Uh, my opinion of Tyron Matthew was forever changed uh, watching that little guy uh, run up and just tackle Derrick Henry right in front of me. And you don't know how you see, like a, you've seen a six, three, 247 pound guy before you haven't seen Derrick Henry in pads at six, three, 247 and how fast he is. Yeah. Uh, see these guys, it's a different game uh, and a different deal going up against that guy, but expect there to be a lot of dudes in the box, whether it's Justin Reed, whether it's Juan Thornhill, those guys cheating down, they don't have AJ Brown. They don't they have don't. Julio Jones. They don't have they these don't. guys. Their mm-hmm. leading receiver right now is Robert Woods, who has 22 receptions in seven games. And he is the only wide receiver on their team with a touchdown reception. Uh, this is very much a make Ryan Tannehill go beat you and go up and get in somebody's face. So if this is Trent McDuffie's first game, I expect a lot of one-on-one on an island. Yeah. We're going to mm-hmm. sell out against the run. And if Ryan Tannehill throws – uh, some dimes down the field to Dontrell Hilliard or Robert Woods. And we're just going to live with that uh, at this point. But um, yeah, I don't see a scenario in which Derrick Henry doesn't have more than 30 yards. Cause the other side of this on the flip side is that they don't want the chiefs to have the ball. So it's not like they're going to change their game plan and, and dink and dump right. all over the place. They're going to try to slow the game down. It's it's the same game plan they've always had. And they've been riding Derrick Henry's four straight 100-yard games. So expect that to continue. But flip to the other side of the ball, um, not as a, a new question, but just the other thing that Chiefs fans should know going into this game is the Titans' pass rush is very good. This yes. is Pro Football Focus has them as like the number three pass rushing graded team. Uh, Jeffrey Simmons is right behind Chris Jones as an interior defensive lineman who can absolutely yes. wreak havoc. What's the key on that side of the ball for you? And I probably just stole it because Jeffrey Simmons is an absolute stud. Uh, but what should Chiefs fans be worried about or what should they be focused on when the Chiefs offense is on the field going up against this Titans D? Yeah, the Titans don't really make mistakes on defense. You know, this is something that um, the Titans are boring. Let me just say that. Like, they are extremely boring. Um, but they don't make mistakes. And – so often through the course of this season, they've made it very clear. We will allow you to beat yourselves and we will allow ourselves to take advantage of any mistakes you make, whether that's schematic or, you know, um, mental mistakes on the field from, from guys. Yeah. Jeffrey Simmons is great. I also need to remind people that last year, the chiefs had their worst day on offense against the Tennessee Titans. It was the literal low point in Patrick Mahomes' slump. The first slump he had in his career um, when obviously the Titans play too deep, you know, they mm-hmm. played a lot of zone behind the chiefs um, and obviously isolated Tyree kill in these sort of, you know, double matchups, you know, double teaming him. And then Mahomes, I think you're going to probably see a little bit of maturity this time where he didn't want to take the check down. He didn't want to, you know, be methodical down the field. He wanted to make, you know, some of those big, more splashier plays, and the Titans are just disciplined and won't do that. They will just not let you do that. Um, but the offensive line had its worst day last year against the Tennessee Titans. Mm-hmm. You know, I think Orlando Brown remembers that. Creed Humphrey, I think that was his first, like, oh, like, this isn't as fun as I thought it was going to be after the first four or five weeks of the season when he was starting to demonstrate that he was probably one of the best, you know, centers in the league. Uh, he got beat by Jeffrey Simmons quite a bit in that game. Um Having the bye week helps because you get that 10 day to really, you know, those 10 days to really look at an opponent and sort of see their weaknesses and their strengths. It'll also be serviceable because Orlando Brown will have a week off of that knee injury that he's had earlier this year. Trey Smith gets a week off from the pectoral injury that he has. Um, but 
you cannot turn the ball over to the Tennessee Titans. They, yeah. they like Mike Vrabel is very old school and honestly kind of cutthroat when it comes to the idea of like, you give us any chance we're going to pounce and that's, what's going to lead them to the playoffs. It's, it's pretty fascinating that even with just one star player on offense, that's not the quarterback. And that's obviously Derrick Henry. They're probably going to make the playoffs because they're just going to be the team that makes the least amount of mistakes in the AFC South. Um, doesn't mean they'll win this game because I think the Chiefs are favored for a reason. But yeah. for the Chiefs, it's about being mentally disciplined. For Mahomes, it's about, you know, being opportunistic with your plays, uh, but obviously being sound with your decision making. And for the offensive line, it's, it's hey, you remember what the Tampa Bay Buccaneers did to you in the Super Bowl. Um, the last team that I can remember that really dominated them up front from beginning to end was the Tennessee Titans last year. And I wonder if that's a point of emphasis for Eric Bieniemy, the offensive coordinator, Andy Heck, the offensive line coach. And if you can get that message to the guys so that they can be at their best on Sunday night. I Mitchick, I don't have the numbers in front of me. I need to get the, the PFF ultimate or have all the coverage grades and how often <laughs> guys are in different coverages because the mm-hmm. uh, same point you just made about the too high and, and what, you know, Tennessee likes to do. And we've seen it. We saw it with Buffalo, uh, Mm -hmm. number one defense in the league. They switched up, you know, they play 75% zone coverage and we saw them go 50, 50 man because the chiefs have seen a lot of man coverage. Now, Mm -hmm. if the Titans want to play a lot of zone this year, this wide receiver group, Juju will eat against a Mm -hmm. lot of zone coverage. We saw it against the bills. Um, We've seen it when they've played zone. That's what Juju was brought in big physical intermediate routes. The numbers across the middle are up. Uh, for Patrick Mahomes in that 10 to 19 yard window, I've talked about, you know, 12 point, I think nine yards per attempt mm. uh, on in- intermediate passes this year, which is a, mm. like four, it's like a 30% bump uh, yeah. from a year ago. And that is because even MVS, like these guys are bigger, they're more physical and they're also, they're facing a lot more man coverage. So they're right. running overs, they're running all the kinds of routes like that. So it'd be interesting to see, do they do this Tennessee still sit back in that too high or is that right. a product of they've got Tyreek? We don't want them to get over the top. What does that mean? So that's always that chess match, especially when you know that the offense is going to be a little bit different. We're going to talk about it all year. It's not about Tyreek. It's about how teams are playing the greatest quarterback to ever live. <laughs> what a 27, years, 27 years old. Listen, the sooner you start talking the truth about ways to describe what we're witnessing, I'm not going to be late to this because enjoy right. it while we're seeing it. You see the stat. <laughs> there is no metric out there that you can look at that doesn't tell you that this is the greatest start to a quarterback's career what that we've ever seen. It, it's un- He stays healthy. He's going to shatter every record that's ever been out there. Um, but before I, I also want to throw this out there. I didn't realize how many familiar faces are on the Titans. Uh, mm-hmm. team. Obviously, we know, Chris Conley just got picked up from the practice squad. He's with the Chiefs, yep. came back, was there for a little bit. He got signed uh, off the Chiefs practice squad to go there. But they've also got Terrence Mitchell, old friend. Mm-hmm. And then Lonnie Johnson. I didn't realize he was in Tennessee. Um, yeah, from, from so, training camp. He got, he got yeah. cut in training camp and immediately joined the Titans. So, um, yeah, like I'm, I'm really fascinated to see what the Titans do because – Again, I, I get the sense of like, do you, you know, you're trying to win, but this is not as an important of a game as like what they played last week, which is a divisional opponent on the right. road. Um, I'll be really interested to see like what their game plan is and um, how they're going to try to limit the Chiefs because um, the Chiefs are starting to see a little bit more light boxes from the running back standpoint, like, Hey, like there's only, there's only six guys in the box, you know? And I just wonder, 
um, will the Chiefs, you know, run the ball more or will they still be sort of an attacking style passing the ball? You know the answer, usually BJ. I laugh but every hey, time every time you bring hey, it up, every, like people have been saying this about Andy Reid since he first hey, got into the league. Hey, hey, <laughs> there are light boxes to be had. Now, to the Chiefs' credit, they used the jet sweep last week. Yeah. In some of those sort of lighter boxes, or having you know guys sort of not in the traditional places to to sort of come uh, against the run, or or obviously prevents you know the edges being so wide open. Um, but hey, I'm just I'm just throwing it out there, BJ. Look, I know I, I I describe Patrick Mahomes as the most talented quarterback in the league for the same reasons you have mentioned. Yeah, you're yeah, you're a big J journalist. You can't say things like that. I'm just this blogger with the little podcast network. I can call him the greatest quarterback to, uh, to ever live. Uh, I wouldn't be the first. I wouldn't be the first one uh, to say that. So uh, anyway, before we get your predictions, we're going to throw to another quick break here uh, so we can pay some bills. We'll be right back after this. Hey, sorry to interrupt again, but I've got to tell you about our sponsor, Trade Coffee. And going to a coffee shop is a great experience but it's not something most of us can do every day. If you're looking for that delicious local coffee shop taste on a daily basis, it's so much easier to get that with Trade Coffee. Trade Coffee is a coffee subscription service that makes it so easy for you to discover new coffees and make your best cup of coffee at home every day. No fancy equipment needed. It's wonderful. Whether you know what you're doing and you already know what kind of coffee you like or you're looking and you need some help, Trade makes it easy and convenient to discover new coffees. They'll send you ground coffee or whole beans or however you make it your coffee at home. They will send it to you. It's absolutely perfect. It's a win-win in my book there. Here's how you got to do it. You're going to upgrade your coffee today with Trade Coffee and let them take the guesswork of finding your perfect cup. Right now, Trade is offering listeners a total of $30 off their subscription plus free shipping at drinktrade.com slash KCSN. That's drinktrade.com slash KCSN for $30 off your subscription to the best coffees in the country. Drinktrade.com slash It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. All right, welcome back. Now it's time for our fifth burning question for Nate Taylor. Uh, from The Athletic, you can find him on Twitter at by Nate Taylor. You can find his work at The Athletic, and you can find his podcast, uh, Times Hours, with Josh Briscoe and Seth Kaiser at The Athletic. All right, Nate, you know what time it is. It's time for a little prediction for Sunday night's matchup between the Chiefs and Titans. And to throw this out there, I did think this was really interesting. I check you know, the DraftKings uh, lines every day. Every day we do mm-hmm. this, I look at them to see, mm-hmm. hey, where's the money going? Line started at 11. Oh, excuse me. Yeah. I think it started at 10 and a half. 10 and a half. I yeah, saw somebody said 10 and a half. When I looked at it, it said 11. Yeah. That was yesterday. Yeah. It's 12 and a half now. <laughs> and the under has gone down. It was 46 and a half. Now it's at 46. So people are taking mm. the under and the Chiefs, which just tells me everybody knows the Chiefs are going to score. Nobody believes the Titans are going to be able to score at Arrowhead on Sunday night football. Nate, what is your prediction? What are you expecting to see on Sunday night? Well, BJ, uh, I think those people who set the lines are, are very smart and they have their formulas and uh, statistical evaluations and they might have a little insight as to what goes on between, you know, all these teams in the league. Vegas um, isn't guessing. 
Not not usually. Uh, I guess it's an edu- educated guess. Yeah. I think Vegas guesses at some points in September because you just don't have anything on film or like the statistics. Like you just have a you just don't have a yeah. large enough sample size, and some teams might surprise you. September, if you're really well informed, is like usually when you can make your money or when it's like wild card weekend and you're like, oh my lord, how in the world did XT make the postseason? Like, you know, let me let me let me bang the money line um, as the, as them being road dogs. Yep. My prediction is Chiefs 31, Titans 20. And I think the 20 yep. might be sort of an end of game, like, hey, it was out of hand. Um, some business decisions were made by some yeah. late Derrick Henry runs. <laughs> it's like, listen, I'm not, we're winning the game. I don't need to get in that guy's way. Take a knee yeah. to the forehead. Yeah, or just like, you know, um, I love Steve Spagnuolo when he's up. Uh, I know Chiefs fans might not love this. And, and I, this used to really upset Tyron Matthew. But, you know, everybody talks about, like, what Andy Reid does from a play-calling standpoint or what he and Eric Bieniemy sort of do is like, hey, we're up two scores, we're up 14 points. Let me just yeah. – where's, where's the dummy sheet? The dummy play calls <laughs> that you have to account for in the pre-prep to whoever the next opponent is. But we know these plays. We know these plays are basic as you know what. And Steve Spagnuolo does the same thing, kids. Um, when you watch – it's funny. I went back because I have the bye. We have all this time. You go back to when they beat the Chargers. Um, it's like, well, the Chargers scored late to the end of that game. And it's like, yeah, did you see the coverage? It was like – it was as vanilla as we could get. Like, just keep everybody in front of you. Let them, let them you know, wilt the clock down. Like, I could see that happening. I I, could, I, I just remember Tyron being so upset because he would just be like, I want to dominate. And it's like, well, there's a whole season to play out, Tyron. And, like, y'all don't need to call the most elaborate play calls up however many points – in the second half of games. So I get, I get the sense that like Tennessee might score late, but it might, you know, it, it just, it'll just be empty calories, empty stats. Um, everybody knows Andy Reid's record coming off a of bye week. They're at home. It's in prime time. Yikes, man. Yikes. Who does Tennessee play next? I need to look that up. Cause we, you know, it's, it, it's something where you don't realize it. But this is this this is supposed to be a scheduled loss. Like, hey, it's they Sunday play night. Denver. <laughs> they play Denver the next Start week. Start looking at that Denver take, guys. <laughs> like And I, then Green Bay on a short week. And then ooh, they play D- Green Bay the next week. Uh have they already on had their Thursday body? night football. Uh yes. Okay. They had it week six. Well, hey, so, but you know, but the Titans, hey, they won five straight. They have, they have won not five scored, straight. They have not scored more than 24 points. <laughs> In any of those games, but they uh, have the won last time. Go ahead. Uh, I believe the last time they were on prime time, they got absolutely cooked by the Buffalo Bills. Yeah. Well. So hold on. You let know. me let me let me defend this real quick. So they just they just said they won five straight. They played the Raiders. Yep. Close. Then they played any twice. They played the yep. Washington Commanders and the Houston Texans. Hey. So, hey guys. Not murderers row there. Win the games that are there to be won. And Mike Rabel, God bless him, has won the games that have been available to have to have been won. I don't know if you can put that game in this category unless some things get really crazy or chaotic or the Chiefs turn the ball over two or three times. Um, the Titans are good because they're sound and they're disciplined. Yeah. 
but I don't know if that'll be enough. So I'm going Chiefs 31, Titans 20 for all the reasons we just mentioned and the idea that like, hey, that, so that five that five game winning streak was 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 appropriate for the schedule say, you were given. So what you're saying is that they're not going to stop the Chiefs, but they're going to be close enough to get a good highlight, like a good view of like the guys running past them or the guys getting open, making plays all over the field, uh, whatever it is. I I hesitate to make any predictions. I had a buddy uh, that I saw in Manhattan this weekend that listens to the shows. Um, shout out to Townsend's, uh, but made a joke that he's like, BJ, I listened to your, like not betting advice, but I listened to your predictions and you've been quite off on a lot of them because they play a good defense. I'm like, you know what? Don't expect this to be a get right game for the chiefs offense. You know, it's going to be a grinded out <laughs> game against the bucks. It's going to be a grinded out game against the Niners. And then they go up against like a Colts. You're like, don't worry about it. They're going to just, you know, roll. It'll be fine. Uh, so yeah. Titans are good, but not like number one defense in the league. Good. So yeah. uh, I have no idea what to say about this one but what i say is uh never gonna doubt uh patch mahomes and company and to your point being in prime time i think would make a difference uh i think we all kind of see the chiefs playing to their opponent level at times whatever the reasons for that we don't necessarily always know but uh don't expect them to not come out and put on a show um on prime time because or in prime Mm -hmm. time because the nfl Mm -hmm. needs it the NFL needs uh, some points to be scored and the, some good stuff to happen in a primetime game because it just hasn't really been the case this year. Yeah, it's so, early. I'm gonna, but, you know, I like your I like your score though. I think they're gonna score. I, I'm gonna say like 34, 17, and I don't think it's gonna be super close. I just don't think that Ryan Tannehill is going to be able to make plays uh, in the passing game. They don't have the dudes on the back end of that defense. And I expect the Chiefs defensive backs to play well. I expect Trent McDuffie to play. And I think he's going to play well. I think we're going to see what, you know, that first couple of weeks of training camp where it was like, hey, nobody's really talking about McDuffie, which was a good thing. Uh, yeah, it was he was picking thing. off yeah. a lot of passes. So everybody's like, hey, right. is he making plays? And then there was it, like that narrative started. And then literally like the next four days, it was just the highlights of Trent McDuffie making plays all over the field. And that's basically the last time we'd really seen him play football. So uh, I think we've kind of all forgot about how good that that dude mm-hmm. was going to be. Uh, and I expect us to see it in this game. And it's a perfect game for him to go out there, be on an island island a little bit and get uh, get tested by Ryan Tannehill and you know trying to get the ball to Robert Woods. Yeah. So, it'll be it'll be it should be a fun game um just because when the Chiefs come off a of bye week, they do have things they do have things ready to be unleashed or to be unveiled um no. that they probably haven't shown previously in the, in however many games they played before the bye. Uh, and then after the Titans, Chiefs have the Jaguars, the Chargers, the Rams, and then the Bengals. So uh, a stretch of winnable games there for the Chiefs to separate themselves in the AFC West. That was Nate Taylor from The Athletic. Nate, man, we always appreciate your insight uh, and your predictions and all the good stuff that you bring. Uh, what do you got working on? What can Chiefs fans find from you at The Athletic this week? Yeah, we'll, we'll try to get some real answers as to what Tony's role will be um, for this week. Obviously, him being available for such a game. Um, Good luck. I, Good look, luck. look, look, <laughs> that, this this is why Chiefs fans hopefully, uh, you know, trust and value my reporting skills. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to try to give you something, guys. And yeah. then, you know, with the bye week, you do get a chance to sort of see, okay, to your point, BJ, if he's the greatest quarterback of all time, what are some areas that he is being – really really good in um elite you could say rare um in terms of production and i found some things and i don't want to necessarily say them here 
But the hope is to talk to some more people to give you great examples as to like, think about Mahomes in this area of the field, in this situation of the game. And he's just been awesome. Like it's like the greatest ever, Nate. Yeah. I mean, look, (laughs) Geno Smith is a true MVP candidate. Uh, Josh Allen for all the things he's done. If they are the ones he probably going to win the MVP. Um, Jalen hurts undefeated team. I think, I mean, Josh Allen's better. Like that's, that's fine. Like if they go undefeated, maybe he will be the MVP. But quietly under all that is Patrick Mahomes is getting little by little better in the most important kind of critical scenarios or situations of the the game. And even when things are out of structure, obviously he's been excellent in a little bit of a different way than in years past. And anybody listening to the audio doesn't see the video of me making fun of Nate trying to get basically the game plan out of Andy Reid for how they're going to use Kadarius Tony. That's why I laugh. laugh. You you must go find like – a bat, like a <laughs> practice squad receiver to be like, what are they doing with Kadarius Tony out of practice? And he tells you, like, he, you're not going to get it out of Andy Reid. Is he going to run from the slot coach? Is he going to, like, what, like, is he going to? How many package plays is he going to have? That's a good, he might give I you mean, that. Can How he, many can plays? He motion, can he motion in and out? Can he, can he, can you move him around? You know, can he be, you know, just, I'm just saying, coach, like. You get him the ball, he's going to be a decoy in the first week just to get his, just to get his feet wet. Some some coaches will tell you, BJ, slants and go routes. Those are the easiest things for a quarterback and a receiver to do. Slants and goes. When do I need to break? I just jet keep sweeps. running. Jet that too. Yeah, run jet, there jet sweeps. And stop and turn around. Or reverses. Or just like, hey, man, um, come this way and I'm going to hand you the ball. So, you know, just uh, I'll, I'll try. Uh, we'll wrap we'll wrap this one up and nate one of the you're writing your piece about mahomes uh who i who apparently i am calling uh on, the I greatest am calling the, greatest. the greatest uh to ever play uh trevor sikama dropped a stat and i don't know where it's at now this was a couple weeks ago but he said that the chiefs had like a top a bottom four i guess the way you're looking at it um pressure rate so he was getting pressured the fourth most of any quarterback in the league based on like the offensive line, but his mm. sack percentage was like the fourth yes. least. Yes. Yeah. So like he is elusive. He is getting away from things. So you're talking about the greatness of him. He is getting pressure. He's getting out of it and he's still making plays. Yep. Because it's, it's pretty great. The greatest. It's pretty, it's pretty the greatest. Pretty exceptional. Right. Nate Taylor from the athletic man. We appreciate it. We appreciate everybody out there for listening and supporting what we've got going on at KC sports network. Have a lot of great content for you throughout the week. We have got Teron Davenport covers the Titans for ESPN. will be joining us on Thursday. Teron knows his stuff. So he'll have uh, as much insight as anybody this week. And then don't forget, we've also got Matt Castle and Matt Hamilton with the breakdown. We've got Derek Johnson and Mike DeVito breaking down the defense, Mike DeVito, Jeff Allen with, uh, their one-on-one show coming up later today. Uh, a lot of great content getting you ready for Sunday night. Again, appreciate everybody and go out there and, and have a fantastic Tuesday. We'll see you later.